practice is just the huddle during the week. The game is played Monday through Saturday, right? So, so we need to make sure you get the word in you. And so I'm going to invite Kyle Bass up. Kyle is going to share this morning. Kyle is an amazing guy. Uh, we've known Kyle and Heather for a really long time. And finally, they heard the voice of the Lord and joined up with us last year. Um, it was last year or was it this year? It was last year. Yeah, and so we're really, really excited. So Kyle's going to be sharing his story this morning. We all give him a hand. Thank you, brother. I always look at my wife when I'm asked a question because I act like I know it all, but she does. Um, I want to start this morning by, by thanking Pastor Jamie for giving me this opportunity. and uh, I tell him all the time that uh, I've never been around someone, uh, a spiritual leader or pastor or anybody that I always felt like they was listening to the Holy Spirit. And so um, I just want to tell you that I'm honored to be under you, and, and, uh, and I'm really humbled this morning to be able to get this opportunity. I didn't come here to this church to do any of this. Uh, I didn't seek out Pastor Jamie to try to come speak. You know, I really... And, and, and honestly, this is, this is my home church, and I speak all the time, all over the place, but this is the nervous I've been in a long time. And I just want to you know, start off by saying there's a lot of people in this room that's been a part of my testimony. I might not name you by name this morning, but you know who you are. And, and so I just want to thank you. At some point in time in my life, there was, there was different specks of, of people throughout this church, and it seems like it's come full circle this morning. I want to start off by reading a scripture. I got two or three this morning, but I, the, other, the other day when we was, uh, was on this series, this is my story, the Lord gave me this scripture, and I, I just wanted, I, I love it. It's Psalms 103, 1 through 5. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me. From death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And one reason I love this scripture so much is because it's become my song, the song of my heart. Is when he says he uh, he redeems me from death. In the in the King James, it says he redeemeth my life from destruction. And when you look up that, it also puts in there self destruction. And so he saved me from myself. And so this morning, I just want to tell you a story uh, of how God revealed himself to me over and over again. And I was stubborn. I ran, I fought, but his love conquered me. His love invaded me, and it won me over. I was raised, I was born and raised right here in Thomasville, Georgia. Uh, I have family all, all through Thomasville now. My dad, when I was about 9 or 10 years old, I really don't remember a lot about my childhood. And I think that's because of such, so much drug use from my teen years on up to, you know, to almost 30 years old. It was, uh, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, but I do remember the emotions that was involved when my dad left when I was about 9 or 10 years old. Uh, <clears throat> my dad was my best friend. He worked on the oil rigs. And when he'd come home, he'd, he'd work like two weeks on, two weeks off. And when he'd come home, it was like, man, dad's home. You know, Dad, is, he's coming, he's coming. I would wait up late at night for him, and I'd hear his duffel bag drop right outside the back door. He was my hero. He was my everything. And then he left. 
no goodbyes, no nothing. And so it left a, a young boy really confused. Uh, I, my low self-esteem started to kick in then. I, I started asking all these questions, but nobody would give me answers. So I, I really just imploded. I started to look on the inside. I thought that I was unworthy. I thought that nobody cared about me. Uh, and then I started getting in trouble, at a, even at a young age. And my mama got to the point. Let, let me tell you something. My mama did everything she could, a single mom with three boys. And I'm going to tell you now, <clears throat> I raised some you-know-what. I was a redheaded, you know. So my mom did the best she could, but she just could not contain or control me by herself. So when I was around 11 years old, my mom sent me to a boy's home. And even though she was doing the best she could at the time, that also made me feel like I was not only abandoned by my dad, but I was abandoned by my mom. And for two years, I stayed into this this boy's home. Now, that's where I was introduced to God. That's where I read scriptures, learned scriptures, and stuff like that. But <clears throat> I really believe that that's where the seeds were planted for later on in life. So even though I felt those, those feelings of abandonment, my mom w- did what she well, the best thing she knew to do, and it turned out good. How many know that, that what the devil means for your destruction, God turns around for his good and for your good? I mean, and that's what he does. He's done that all, all throughout my life, even in the times where I didn't understand what was going on and didn't really get it. Later on, I, I look back and I'm like, man, he knew what he was doing. So <clears throat> when I got out of the, out of the uh, boys' home, I started getting in more and more trouble. Uh, you know, I didn't have a father figure there. My mom worked two jobs, so she didn't get home till about 11 o'clock at night. So I would skip school when I wanted to. I'd do whatever and whenever, however. Um, which led me to get more and more trouble as a youth. I started using drugs when I was 13 years old, when I got out of this boy's home. Uh, went from marijuana, and it quickly elevated to anything, everything, what you got. And my only problem was, is I, I always ran out. That was it. But see, the thing about it is I, want, I was trying to a, avoid reality. I, would, I didn't want to face those feelings I had on the inside. I was a scared little boy. You know that song, I'm No Longer a Slave of Fear? Maybe after this story, uh, my story that I, that I share with you, or God's story, you'll understand why I cry every time we sing that song. When I was uh, 16 years old, getting in and out of a youth detention center, uh, I committed a burglar with an older gentleman. He was 18. And the juvenile judge, Judge Loftus at the time, said, you know what, I've had enough of you. So he sent me to prison for five years. So when I was 16 years old, I got sent to Millersville YDC until my 17th birthday. 17th birthday, Department of Corrections come pick me up on a bus, and I went to Alto State Prison. Alto State Prison at the time is a female's prison now, but at the time was one of the top, tens, top ten violent worst prisons, in, in the, not only not, not in the state, but in the United States. For the first six months, every day, I fought. There were black-on-white wars. There were city. Like, if you was from Atlanta, you was against everybody. Like, it, it was crazy. It, Savannah, and, and all, if you was from a big city, you just beat up everybody. So, look, I mean, there was like me and one other dude there from Thomasville, and that dude was on the other side of the camp. <laughs> About every two months, I said, what's up, homeboy? But that was it. So I had to learn quickly 
how to defend myself. That's where a lot of uh, hate started developing for authority, for blacks. For anybody and everybody that wasn't like me, that didn't believe what I believed, I'm just being real today. Now, look, when I, a lot of times when I share my testimony, this, this brings up some stuff that it's hard for me to deal sometimes with who I used to be. But I've been forgiven. God has cleansed me. And he's changed me. Man. So don't let this hinder our relationship either. Let's be mature about this. Because a lot of people say that they believe in the redeeming, saving power of Jesus Christ. But then you share your story and they're like, hey, I don't know about that dude right here no more. Stay away from him, honey. I'm telling you, it happens. So let's be mature Christians because this is my family. You are my family. And I love this church. So anyway, me and my, uh, I, I got out of prison that time. I did about a, a year and a half off a five-year bid. I got out of prison, and I was 18, almost 19 years old. We reconnected with Heather. Me and Heather went out when we was in, like, the fifth, no, seventh grade. Sorry. Seventh grade, and uh, <clears throat> she wouldn't do something I wanted to do even back then in the seventh grade. And so I didn't go out with her very long. So I was 13 then, so look, you know, they're doing it even younger now. Let's do a reality check, guys. We got to watch our kids. Okay? But anyway, I, man, I was a dog, bro. Ooh. But anyway, so me and my wife uh, reconnected and was about 18 years old then. And um, my wife became pregnant. My girlfriend at the time. Love you, babe. And uh, we were sort of like in a, in, a, in a position where you need to get married. You need to get married now. And uh, it wasn't what I, I, I mean, I knew this was, would be the woman that I wanted to be with for the rest of my life. But I also knew in my mind, in my heart, that I wasn't through. Can you understand what I'm saying? It's like I, I knew that uh, she was in for a world of hurt. Even, even then. But I didn't know that I was too. So, uh, about when she became pregnant, and then we, we discovered that um, she was pregnant with twins. And Pastor Cynthia shared her testimony last week, uh, and which was heart-wrenching. Um, we, we tasted a little on that, not very much, but um, we didn't get to be able to know our, our children like that. But she was pregnant with twins, and, and uh, about six months into her pregnancy, uh, the top sack in the uh, ruptured, and so they had to induce labor, and she gave birth to two redheaded little boys, but their lungs weren't developed, and we held them until they died. And now we didn't get to know them and all that, but it's still for two 18-year-old young people to hold their children in her hand while they died. See, that enhanced my hate. And see, at that time, uh, I asked God, please, whatever you do, just don't take my, my babies. Because in my mind, I thought that my wife, uh, getting a wife and having a kid would, would set me straight, would help me get clean and help me, you know, do the right things. But, but you know, how many people know that that's not the, that's not the case? So, so what happened was, is uh, uh, not all, at that time, I began to think that, that not only did my, he, uh, my, my earthly father abandon me, but my heavenly father did. So I began to hate God. I mean, I really hated God. At that time in my life, for the next seven, eight, 
10 years, if you mentioned Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, or anything, you was lucky to walk away with your teeth. I'm telling you, I hated him that much. I looked for opportunity. If somebody said, oh, thank you, Jesus, who is that? He ain't done nothing for you, you idiot. I mean, I literally would, would become violent and vicious because I hated God that much. I, I blamed him for every. How many, how many has ever went through a situation where they felt like they had to forgive God in order to be forgiven? It's like I had to forgive God. In my mind, I had to forgive God to realize that I was the one that needed to be forgiven. It's crazy. So that, at, at that time, my, my uh, addiction just, just blew out, just blew out. Everything that I could get my hands on, and we don't have to go through the list. <laughs> I don't want to glorify that crap. But I do know this, that I don't like a lot of times sharing uh, some of the deep, dark stuff that's happened in my past because it still hits me and it hits other people. But I do feel like I just need to kind of dip in to show you where I was. I remember bits and pieces. There's been times where people come up and tell me things that I did while I was high. And I'd be like, you're crazy. I didn't do nothing like that. Yeah, you did, bro. I can remember one time very vividly, I mean, just like it was yesterday, that I was on methamphetamines and I was hitting line after line after line after line after line. And I was so high that I was, my body and my brain started going in convulsions and my body was tightening up like that I remember this and I couldn't hold a knife I couldn't hold a razor I just kept and I called Heather in the bedroom and I said cut me up a line cut me up a line and she was just crying and screaming please what are you doing you're killing yourself baby don't do this anymore please stop just stop look what it's doing to you stop and I said you be cut up me a I can remember another time where me and Heather got into an argument and I grabbed her by the throat and my son Austin then was about this high. And he grabbed a hold of me and said, no, daddy. And Fah! And he hit the wall across the room. See? I don't deserve to be here. See, I know my condition without Christ. I know who I was. I know I was a monster. I was vicious. I was nasty. I don't deserve his grace, but he gave it. He gave it. The day that God woke my conscience up. I just want to hit and miss, okay? There's so much that God has done for me. I'm telling you, if you want to know more, come by the house. Just plan on stay a couple hours okay but I remember the, gate, the, gate, the day God woke my conscience up it, all this was going on now I'm sorry I love, I love you baby 20 years this year man I'm telling you it's all God but I remember the day God woke up my conscience during this time I mean I, I, I used to brag about it see everybody called me a no good you know what and I was a screw up I, th- I wanted to be the best screw up I could possibly be I wanted to prove everybody right plus some oh you want you think I'm this okay alright I'll show you I'll go beyond your expectations and I was proud of it I'm telling you 
when I, when I dealt dope, I was proud of it. I, was, I knew that, listen, I, did, I, knew, I, I believed in demons before I believed in Jesus Christ because I knew they were real. I knew I was working for evil forces, and I was, I was proud of it. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, so one day, God woke my conscience up. I was coming, I was, I was uh, d- during this time, I cooked methamphetamines for 10 years. Some, of the, some doctors even wonder how I can still talk and function. Because the amount of drugs that's, that's passed on, it's, it ain't, it's God. It's God. I know people that I hung out with that are long gone in the grave. I know people that are dying that, that, that was around the same era that I was using drugs that are getting brain tumors. Their kidneys are, are quitting. Their livers are, are dying. I'm telling you, 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 it's only God. It's only God. It's only him. And I don't know why. I don't, I, can't, I don't know why God decided, okay, you, I want you. But I'm so glad he did. And I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm not going to just let this life pass me by. This is my story. This is his story. So, that, so I was coming in. I was cooking methamphetamines at the time. I was not living a double life anymore. See, at one time I tried to protect Heather from that lifestyle. And I, and I would only show up at the house every, every couple of weeks get my belly full, some clothes washed, and go again. At this time, she has started into, into the addiction as well. I, mean, I used to come, when I get out of incarceration, I used to come and sit on the back row and I'd be high. Here. She, every time i go to jail, she'd get her life kind of halfway on track and get back to going good. And uh, while I was incarcerated, I'd get out. It wasn't long I'd mess that up. But just to please her, I, you know, I'd come sit back there on the back row. See, I've been a part of this church for a long time, in and out. People in this church and leadership has been ministering to me and my family for years. I can remember uh, Pastor Larry, Brother Larry, he likes to be called now, ministering to me at Thomasville Youth, Youth Detention Center when I was a youth. See, seeds have been planted for years. But at this time in my life, I was cooking methamphetamines, and I remember I used to stay at this, I didn't stay there, but there was this old house, uh, and we called it the compound out in the middle of nowhere, it was in Pavo, and we used to, it was down a long dirt road, and we, me and another friend of mine who cooked methamphetamines together would meet at this house, and we would dry the, dry the product out and split it up, and people would meet us there, and that's where we would do our transactions. Well, I remember pulling up to this house after I had just cooked uh, about a, a, a quantity of meth that would probably put me in prison for the rest of my life. At that time, it, I was doing about four counties and a little bit in Florida. And there was no restrictions on it like there is now. You could just go anywhere you wanted to and get all the ingredients you needed. It was crazy. But at this time, I, pull, I remember pulling up into this, the compound and there was a vehicle there that I didn't recognize. Well, my first thought is, Somebody ain't making it out of here. I'm not about to let you see what I got and leave. That's just my mentality. So I get out the vehicle and I run and I kick in the door. And the first thing I see was this little bitty blonde-headed baby. Just old enough to stand up. Now look, now this is old shack, right? This, this, this is the, the, to the point that we got to. This place didn't have running water, okay? No electricity. 
It was just a shack out in the middle of nowhere. All right, put it this way. They would go, they would go and take a bucket and go down to the creek and, and, and scoop water up in a bucket and bring it back and sit it in the living room, and that's where everybody would clean out their needles. Are you understanding what I'm telling? The lowest of the low. And so I bust in this door and I see this baby. And I'm like, whoa. It's the first time in a long time that I actually felt an emotion other than fear or other than anger. And I start looking at and and her mama's over there passed out on the couch with a needle hanging in her arm. And when I seen her mama and I seen the baby, I was like, oh, my God. I started getting angry. And And then I examined this little girl even closer. And from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, she had a rash where she hadn't been bathed. I mean, just red bumps all over the place. Mosquito bites, ant bites, you name it. Her diaper, anybody ever seen? Y'all, some of y'all done seen this now, the diaper hanging down. I'm talking about it's barely holding on, both sides, barely. I'm talking about it's barely holding on. Thing leaning way down here, barely holding on. She, I mean, just, every time she'd fall down, pee and feces would just pfft, out the diaper. And I got mad. First thing I wanted to do was I wanted to grab this woman and beat her awake and then beat her asleep. It's the first time I remember hearing the voice of God. All I could hear was, who you mad at? Who who are you mad at? See, it was me. It was my dope that was going through that woman's veins. It was me that put that baby in that situation. It was me. So from then on, for the next few days, all I wanted to do was die. I wanted to commit suicide. I mean, I couldn't deal with it. God showed me who I was. Bam! This is you. I couldn't deal with it. I, 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 I was tired of hurting me. I was tired of hurting my family. I was tired of hurting everybody that I come into contact with. I wanted to take myself. I thought that this world would be a better place without Kyle Bass. So I, I, I thought about suicide every day. One night, it almost happened. I was walking down the road. I just told Heather, I said, let me out right here. What's going down the road? Riding. About 2 o'clock in the morning. Let me out. Where are you going? Let me out. She let me out. I walked, out, I walked into the woods, never expecting to come out. I remember sitting down a fire line down Old Thomasville Road. I remember sitting down by a tree. And it felt like the demonic powers were just closing in on me. And all I said was, Jesus, if you're real, will you show me? At that moment, now I'm not telling you, I said, what? But at that moment, I felt peace in the atmosphere. And what, what I like to call the H-bomb, it's called the Holy Ghost bomb, hit. Boom! And it like pushed all those dark forces that were around me back. And I had a moment of clarity, a moment of peace. Now, I'm not telling you I changed my life right then. But my prayer began, God, whatever it, need, whatever it takes, whatever needs to happen, make it happen. That's all I said. Whatever needs to happen, make it happen. Guess what? A week later, I was in the back of a sheriff's car. Click, click. <laughs> hey, but that's what needed to happen. I remember on the way to jail, I'm talking about, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hey, the, the sheriff was like, Kyle, you done did it this time. Well, what is wrong with you, man? I'm back there going, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Let me tell you, ain't none of these sheriffs ever heard me praise the Lord. 
They used to show up. They, they didn't come to my house unless they were about 10, 15 deep, drunk, guns drawn. Let's just put it that way. Ask some of these guys that are part of the sheriff department and police. You better ask them. I'm telling you. That. So anyway, I'm praising the Lord because you know what? I knew God rescued me. I knew I wasn't going to die. I knew I wasn't going to kill myself. I knew nobody else was going to die. I wasn't going to see that little girl like that anymore. I knew God rescued me. So prison really saved my life. It set me free. God used a place that's meant for incarceration to take you and, and take your freedom. He used it to set me free. About a week, two weeks, about two weeks after my, I first got locked up, my, my mind started getting clear one night in cell 13, uh, dorm B, B3, top range, Thomas County Jail. I said, Jesus, please come into my heart. Rescue me. Take, take, take everything that's not of you out of me. And for all night long, it felt like God himself came in that cell. I'm telling you now. I wasn't on no dope then. God himself came in that cell, and he held me in his arms. And see, I cried all night long. Not because, listen, not because I didn't feel unworthy. Not because of my past. It was because somebody loved me, man. See, I felt love for the first time. I felt the love of Jesus Christ so real and so thick. You can't walk away from that. I don't understand how people can walk away from that. That was the first time in my life where it didn't, it didn't depend on what I had in my pocket or how much I could talk or my character or anything like that. It, it was only because God loved me. I wasn't worthy of that. I didn't deserve that. But he came in that cell and he wrapped me in his arms and I cried all night long and he was just cleaning me out. Cleaning me out. Cleaning me out. I spent the next three and a half years in prison. Martin Cochran, he also comes here. He's a part of jail ministry. He was a big part of that. Remember earlier where I said I began to hate authority and hate black people? You know, God used a black man to lead me to him. God has a sense of humor, man. He's like, oh, you hate me? Oh, okay, okay. Go ahead, brother. Bring him on in. And for a year and a half, I sat under Brother Martin's ministry at the jail. And he taught me and taught me. And I went from the back of the room to sitting right next to him taking his notes. You know what? Because I wanted to know everything I could about God. I wanted to know his character. I, wanted, I, I was so thankful because that love. When he hit me, he hit me hard. That night, I completely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Completely. I don't know why some people walk away. I don't know why. I can't understand it sometimes. You would think me, somebody that's been in the situations that I am, I'm very patient with a lot of people. But, but people who's walked my path, I'm, I'm kind of impatient. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but that's just how I am. Because, you know, when you, I never really had the opportunities uh, that, that some people have. And w when I felt the love of God, God changed my heart. There was no turning back. And so sometimes, even though I minister, minister that, and that's another thing. Your ministry is very important no matter what situation you're in. No matter where you're at. 
everybody's story different, but that's the reason it's different. It's so you can, you can touch the people in your environment. See, God saved me in jail. Guess what ministry I'm in? I'm in jail ministry. Wow. If you're a banker, guess what? You're supposed to be witnessing them and, and, and to, to those people in your environment. If you're a lawyer, if you're a physical therapist, whatever you are. I don't care if you bag groceries. There's no shame in that. Do it to the glory of God and say, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. Because you know what? God strategically has placed every one of us where we are for his purpose and for his glory. What has God done for me? Let me tell you, I've been clean. We have been clean. This September, September the 8th, will be eight years. I honestly thought that I would die high. I honestly thought that I would die because I got too high. Really. I never thought that I'd make it past 30. See, all these lies that Satan taught me from a very young age, I thought I might live hard as fast as you can and as long as you can because you ain't going to be here that long. And that's what I tried to do. But how many of y'all know Satan's a liar? He's the father of lies. Don't nothing good come from him. What has God done for us in the, in the last eight years? Well, he's been our provider. He's been our healer, our deliverer, our protector, our restorer. He's become our best friend and our father. He's healed me. He's healed me from things that I would, was going to have to have surgery on. I had a double hernia. And they already scheduled surgery. I went in for pre-op and the doctor said, hey, man. I can't find it no more. I said, I know. I went to men's prayer meeting the other night. <laughs> I'm telling you, I felt the fire of God hit me. It, it was almost like you dumped me in being gay. You know what? Or icy hot, where it gets real hot. I didn't know what was going on. I was looking at the dude like, hey, man, y'all get your hand off me, man. <laughs> but God healed me. He's healed me over and over again of different things. Shoulder, right here, in here, in this house. Shoulder, back. Speak it over yourself. Sometimes the enemy will try to come back and rob what God did. You know what I mean? He said, hold up. God done healed that, boy. What's wrong with you? Uh-uh. You better get back. You feel a little tweak. You're like, uh. And your mind says, it's back. No, it ain't back. That's the enemy trying to make you think it's back. Because let me tell you something. Just like he attacked Jesus, he used the word against the word. Okay? Jesus is the word. And the enemy attacked him using himself. He will use you right here to try to defeat you because he knows if you get defeated mentally, you'll, def- you'll end up being his. You-, you won't do nothing for the kingdom of God. He tries to take our testimony. He tries to take our, our right to say anything. He ain't nothing but a liar. I've seen blind eyes be healed. Blind eyes. My son, he's not here, but he's my witness. He was in a hospital room. Me, him, and uh, another pastor friend of mine surrounded this guy. We didn't know he was blind. We just prayed for healing. Dude opened up, started yelling and crying, jump, jumping around. So I can see, I can see. Well, good, bro. The nurses said he was blind. He said he was blind, so we believed him. That was crazy. That was right here in Archibald. You know what? If we, keep, if we all did that, Archibald would be out of business. 
But he's protected us. He's watched over us. I got two more scriptures and then I'll close. First Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 16. I honestly believe. See, some people look and say, well, you know, I ain't got a as testimony as good as yours. That is a lie the enemy told you, and you ain't doing nothing but, but, but passing what he told you along. Everybody's in, uh, 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 message is just as important as the next, next man. We all fight the same enemy. I, th- I tell myself the same thing all the time. See, the enemy tries to take us. If we make one mistake, one slip up, he says, oh, you don't have the right to go over there and share your testimony with that guy. Remember when you said that cuss word to your wife this morning? Huh? You remember that? Remember when you did? I'm telling you. That's what he does. He tries to rob us. So 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. says, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. The others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Listen, if God can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. I'm the last person on the face of this earth, and I truly believe that when Paul says I, he was the chief of sinners, me and him are going to have a, a, a talk. I'm serious. Maybe at that time, when that was written. But I'm telling you, I was messed up. I was angry, violent. And a lot of people, you know, they, they, a lot of people, I don't know what people think. I don't care what people think. I really don't. You, you know, I want to live a life worthy of the calling that Christ has put on my life. But, you know, uh, when I come to church, I love getting lost in worship. I love it. I love feeling the presence of God. You know, and, and every time I cry, I just want y'all to know, I cry a lot. But there was a time in my life that I didn't cry any. And every tear that rolls down my face is a miracle to me. Because God has taken that stony heart. And he's given me a heart of flesh. A soft heart. Sometimes I think it's too soft. I mean, brother, I can't even work, watch a commercial. <laughs> I mean, that tears me up. But you know what? I thank God for putting the men of God around me. I look back. We were just talking last night. You know, in eight years... God has given me my own business. We just purchased our first house. I never thought I'd own something. All our bills are paid. I mean, he's restored my family. Not only restored my family, but gave me two more beautiful babies. I mean, I'm blessed. I don't know why, but I do know this. I'll live for him, and I'll talk for him, and I'll do whatever he wants me to do for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jimmy. Thank you.